It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Before we go any further, it's my privilege to bring in a best-selling author, esteemed author, and columnist, and deep thinker, Andrew Sullivan, editor of the Weekly Dish and author of the new book, Out on a Limb, Selected Writings, they're his, from 1989 to 2021, former editor of the New Republic, and was the founding editor of the Daily Dish, has been a regular writer for the New York Times Magazine, the Atlantic Times, Newsweek, New York Magazine, the Sunday Times, and now the Weekly Dish. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. So, I really appreciate it. Uh, Andrew, uh, you're one of the first major names to stand up and speak out and say, listen, I'm not happy what's going on with journalism. I do not like what uh, the way people are trying to shape me. i got to go out and do my own thing. What got you to that point? Well, look, when I wrote a piece last summer saying I really found the destruction and rioting and looting happening in New York and other major cities, uh, I wanted to write a piece about it, and I was told that I could not use the word riot because that was offensive. And at that point, I'm just after a, a year of being woke checked, basically, being told every sentence being parsed, I just decided I had to go and write for my heart again and actually get out there and, and tell the truth as I see it. I, I'm not interested in, in, ca- in caving to woke uh, Puritans. I've, lived, I've had a long career, and I'm not going to be shut up or coerced at this point in it. Understood. Uh, first off, on the fast-changing events, uh, I mean, you you talked about in the past that, you know, I you thought you were too much in support of the Iraq war. You're always willing to feel as though if, you're, if your opinions evolve, you always listen. You're not dug in. That which makes a good columnist, I thought. Um, and the other thing is, I'd just like to get your take on Afghanistan. Nobody needs to tell you we've been there 20 years. You were there. I've uh, been chronicling, been a major player since 9-11. Your thoughts about the dismount Biden style? Well, it's it's awful uh, to think that we have left people behind who risked everything for us and for their own futures, and we have not secured them is an absolute unmitigated tragedy. And I, I, and I don't think any of us disagree with that. The dismount has been terrible. On the other hand, it is important to realize, in some ways, do we think staying another twenty years would have made a withdrawal? any easier? Do we think there was ever going to be a point in which we left and the Taliban were not going to take over? We kind of lost the war a very long time ago, and this is a horrible way to end it, but I don't think ending wars is ever easy. They're always messy and bad. I think they could have done a lot better, but I am, to be honest with you, happy that the United States is no longer bogged down in that country for more than two decades See, in terms of uh, nation building, I think we left that a long time ago, although I have an interesting quote from Joe Biden, 2002. History is going to judge us uh, harshly, I believe, if we allow the hope of the liberated Afghanistan to evaporate because we're fearful of the phrase nation building. Uh, man, has he evolved. Uh, I, well, you know, he, it turns ahead. out he was pretty much against troops under Obama. He was a pretty consistent uh, dove on this. When I say dove, I mean just realist about this. And I do think Obama was kind of uh, conned into sending more troops there. I don't think this was really rescuable. I don't think any empire has ever run Afghanistan as a single country in the history of the world. It's the worst possible place. And so I think our troops are better off fighting real enemies, uh, China, dealing with Russia, 
and, and, and globally protecting the United States than trying to create a liberal democracy in Afghanistan. It's simple definition of insanity. I'm, I'm between you and what you said, uh, nation building and leaving, in that I thoroughly believe there's a terror threat to our homeland here. It's been proven time and time again, and we, most of all in 9-11, uh, the coal bombing, Al-Qaeda, the 98 uh, embassy bombings, Al-Qaeda, and now they, they get emboldened. Leon Panetta weighed in today, uh, yesterday, I should say, the former CIA director, secretary of defense, chief of staff for Bill Clinton, uh, cut 24. The problem now is going to be how do we make sure that uh, our national security uh, is protected? How are we going to make sure that, that the Taliban, uh, working with these terrorist groups, does not represent uh, another threat to the United States? And for that to happen, we are going to have to make sure that we build alliances, that we strengthen those alliances, and that we make clear that Afghanistan is not going to become, regardless of the control of the Taliban, it cannot become a safe haven for those who would attack the United States of America. Not a right-wing firebrand, former Republican in his early days, but that's my concern. I'm not concerned about, I care about the Afghanistan people, and it would be great for them to take advantage of their opportunity to form a government that will allow people uh, to express themselves to a degree of liberty, whatever that shape is. To our credit, we didn't want anything that they had. We just want to give them a chance and not be a, a terrorist launching pad. On, on some level, do you think, Andrew Sullivan, you'll be writing about an attack that came from Afghanistan? Maybe. I hope not. When you look at the world and where some of these uh, failed states are occurring and where the possibility for radical Islamist terrorists to recur, you can look at most of Africa right now, which is actually a kind of building ground for some of these uh, fanatical Muslim terrorists. Look, we can recognize that we have a problem there, but we can also recognize that the solution is not occupying places indefinitely, uh, where people really aren't ready for the kind of government that we would like them to have. And, and I just think that's realism. It, 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 this, we have to withdraw at some point. We are not an empire. And at some point, the speed with which this Afghan government collapsed shows that underneath all this, this was doomed anyway. And if we had slowed the, the withdrawal, maybe the Taliban would have renamed, uh, restarted uh, fighting and we would have gone out in a much different way. So I think in the long run, a year from now, we may have some problems, but we will not be bogged down there. And that is a game. President Trump wanted that. President Obama wanted that. The American people want that. And you cannot sustain a military occupation of a place without the country's continuing enthusiastic support. And it just isn't there. And I understand why. Um, do you, what, how do you think we're going to get 10 to 20,000 Americans out of this country without a military base to come from with the Taliban stopping every artery to Kabul? Because a lot of American citizens and Afghan allies are outside the capital and even in the capital, they're told to shelter in place. Do you remember anything like this a scenario, anything like this? No, I don't. Uh, I don't. On the other hand, we haven't been in this situation really since Saigon or since Baghdad. Um, it happened, if you remember, Al-Qaeda came, I mean, uh, ISIS came roaring back as soon as we tried to get out of Iraq, but we didn't go back in and reoccupy the whole place indefinitely. Um, I think, I, I don't, it's up to the military to figure that out. If I were them, 
I would retake territory within the city or outside the city to facilitate the transfer of people we need to evacuate. But I'm not a military expert, and I'm not going to make those calls right here. I just don't know the, the actual contingency on the ground. And I, I want to be careful about being an armchair warrior here. And the one thing I do know about you, to pivot just a little bit, we have the news of the day, and it's overwhelming. I get it. Uh, the pandemic is with us. I understand it. But I want to talk to you, and one of the things I like so much about reading your book and going back is that you want to be an American. You chose to be an American, and you love this country. And why that, it, it saddens me that that's something that stands out about your book and some of your, and your conversations. Do, what do you, why, why do you think Americans don't love America like they used to? I don't know. I think they've gotten into a frame of mind that's sort of apocalyptic. And when I hear people saying to me, an immigrant, that America's a racist country, or, or, God help us, a white supremacy. And I'm an immigrant here, and I look at this country with its many different races. It's the most multiracial, multicultural democracy on the planet. Its levels of toleration are very high. It's working on resilient problems, but the idea that this is a doomed adventure is the most astonishing experiment in the history of mankind. I came here because I love this place, and I love the freedom here, I love the individuality here. We have to fight threats from the left to turn us all into these racial groupings or sexual groupings that divide us from one another. And we have to return to the great American principle that if you're an individual, you can chart your own future regardless of your racial gender or any, anything else. And I, I, I came to this country, and I've seen in the last 30 years, for example, I'm a, I'm a gay man, I've seen this country listen and debate and talk about these issues and change in ways that is democratically admirable. And I'm tired of hearing people who really begun to take this country for granted. Um, there are people trying to get into this country. Why would they be doing that if this was a disgusting white supremacy uh, filled country? It's just not true. And sometimes it takes immigrants to say, this is not true. Stop running down your own country. There are problems. Let's tackle them. But let's not engage in this hatred, this attempt to say that America is really about the implementation of oppression of non-white people. Non-white people in America have the best chance of any non-white people on the planet right now. And we need to get a sense of perspective here and to get a sense of reality. And sometimes the, the news and the online and social media can get us completely uh, distorted, our judgment. And uh, I want to take a deep breath and say there's a lot here to love a really great deal here to love, and I'm happy and proud to become an American. All right, and i got to be honest, too. I stole this from Megan Kelly. I found it in your book, and I downloaded your book to get you extra money, Andrew, so I didn't get the free oh, one. Thank you. So I downloaded it. Uh, and here's the quote from you. What matters for Americans in small ways and large is never where you come from, but where you are going, what you are doing now, or what you are about to become. In all the years I have lived in America, almost a decade and a half now, it never ceases to amaze me that almost nobody has ever demanded to know by what right I belong here. And I just thought that said, by the way, uh, just great written three sentences. It's like you're well, here. Yeah. You, it counts. And it, when, when, if Andrew Sullivan has more money in a bigger house than Brian Kilmeade, I'll aspire if I choose to, to do that. I don't resent you. I look at that as a goal. What happened? Well, I believe in the, the, that you don't make the poor wealthy by making the rich poor. That's nuts. Um, I, uh, I, I think that some people have become obsessed with the past. I mean, you look at the New York Times 
trying to redefine America as founded in 1619 because America is understood to be a slaveocracy. I mean, where are they getting this from? Except for some 20th century French theorists that regard all liberty and all constitutional order as some kind of repression. Uh, and that kind of obsession with the past by the left, it strikes me as incredibly bad for them. And, and not Americans like to look forward. They like optimism. Similarly, I have to say, on the right, it's important that conservatives don't begin to decry this country as a lost cause or think of it as, a, as, as, as somehow going to hell. It's never going to hell. It's always a work in progress, and it's always worth engaging with. Um, and that's what I try to do in the book over the years. I've tried to understand the world as I, as I see it. And there, there are pieces in here that celebrate strange people like Monica Winsky and Abraham Lincoln. There's a big uh, appreciation of Pope Francis. I'm a practicing Catholic, too. Um, there's a lot, of, lot in there, but it's about the amazing kaleidoscope that America is and, and how infinitely exciting and interesting it always is and how restless it is. I've learned to really trust the Constitution. And that's why, because it's the main anchor for us, and that's why I'm particularly concerned when constitutional procedures are broken either by the left or by the right. Andrew Sullivan, our guest, his, his, uh, his book is now out now. It's called Out on a Limb, Selected Writing from 1989 to 2021. Andrew, you also believe that uh, religion uh, is becoming lost, and that's a huge problem and really the epicenter of other problems. In what respect, or am I characterizing you wrong? No, you're right. I, I, I think that religion did a huge amount of good in this country in keeping the country together and giving everybody a sense of direction and ultimate meaning. And the decline of religion, especially in the 21st century, doesn't mean that the need for faith and meaning has gone away. It just means that other things will come in and take the place of religion. And I think the woke culture is partly this kind of almost religious born-again culture of, of, of religious redemption. And I also think that the idea that the right should con to consign all its views and all its opinions to one man, to one great leader, a cultish kind of respect or love of Trump, I think that's also uh, a delusion and a and, and thing to avoid. Um, and I think what Christianity did that we don't really appreciate until it's gone is that it told us that each of us is individual and have, because we each have a soul uh, under the eyes of God. And that's really the core of our equality. And from that came democracy. From that came liberal democracy. And it didn't, it hasn't always been around. It's only two or 300 years. And most of society in human history has been tribal warfare and hatred and all the, the, the deeper racial animosities and tribal animosities. To get beyond that has taken a huge amount of achievement, which we have to congratulate and thank our, our, our ancestors for. And that's worth defending, but it needs, it needs some common meaning. And I think a rediscovery of Christianity, of beginning to, to see it as a way of life, as a way of connecting ourselves to life and death and birth and all of us around in, in charity, right. that is, you get rid of that, and these people, these new atheists want to get, and then, you, then look at society, look how unhappy, how depressed, how easily whipped up into fervor and frenzy people can be. And, and, and religion is the way to, to slake that spiritual thirst without being politically dangerous. He's from Oxford, but he listens to people that didn't even go to Oxford. Can you believe it? Andrew Sullivan, editor of the Weekly Dish. You could follow him at Sully Dish. 
uh, and you can go pick out his book, Out on a Limb. Andrew, I hope we could do this again soon. I would love to do that, Brian. God bless you. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.